Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Cocaine bear and other shenanigans. I, I, I got nothing. Me neither. There it is. There's the old clapperoo. Let's do it. Clap on, clap off. The this is the OKest Hunter podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks. That's just me in the freezer. It's your tag. You hunt how you want. This is OKest Hunter. Welcome back to the OKS Hunter podcast. We took a week off last week and uh, I feel a little out of touch trying to get my bearings here, but good to be back in the studio, Greg. Yeah. Especially with you, big guy. Wink, wink. Wink, wink, nod, nod. (laughs) (laughs) We kept you in the loop uh, on our way to Iowa as much as we could. Yeah, man. We had plenty of conversation in the five-hour ride it took for you to get there from here. Yeah. So that's a hell of a drive. How'd that show go? I, You know, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Iowans? Is that how you would say it? Iowegians? Iowanians love their bush latte. They only serve tall boys there. Well, you and fit right it. in. So, yeah, it was kind of cool. Uh, you know, the booth setup went smooth thanks to you. I mean, it's it's a lot of work. For it's sure. a lot of work regardless. I mean, but when putting that thing together, I try to keep in mind that it needs to go up quick and smooth. Realize that things don't always go quick and smooth, but I did my best. Yeah, you did. Your best was really good because we got a ton of compliments on it, and we gave you all the credit. We took very little, if none, because you you did it, man. You put that thing together and uh, trusted us to get it together on the other end there. Well, I did wear out one Sharpie trying to put directions and arrows and numbers and everything, so I think you did fine. No, it was fun. It was a good show. We got to meet people, see people we knew, catch up with folks. Uh, we went through a whole bottle of drop time spirits, bringing people into the booth. Imagine that. Derek almost sold out of, I think, all but one or two of his Fred Bear drawings. That's awesome. Uh, we sold out of our beer camp Bush Light hoodie because, like I said, of course. Iowans love their Bush Light. Uh, every deer anyone shared with us on their... You know, trail camera that they got was like a 160 or bigger. I don't think I saw anything on Giants. A, yeah, like 160s, like a dink there, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So we were the only ones there with a six-inch antler. <laughs> <laughs> the whole freaking show, we stood out like, like a sore thumb maybe. But That's it was, perfect. It then, was it, good. Then, then the plan worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was a good time. I uh, enjoyed it. It was good. It was a lot, though. I, yeah. yeah, and we're going to do it again in a couple weeks in the Dells. But that'll be easier. It's not as long of a drive. Right. I also learned that my truck... Uh, the little V6 EcoBoost is the little engine that could. It went through a lot of gas trying to get up and down all the, the slow slopes you were, there. You were pulling a pretty heavy trailer, too. So, 
Yeah, there's a lot of weight on that thing, but no, overall, good stuff, man. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll roll right into this here. We got, uh, gosh, it's just like I said, it's been a minute here. So, whoo, uh, shout out to our presenting sponsor, Half Rack. Half Rack. Yeah. Um, turkey season's coming coming up, so I highly recommend getting over to half-rack.com website using code OHP to check out. You're going to get 15% off. I believe it's 15% off. I don't know why I can never remember the percentage codes, folks. I apologize for that. But, uh, yeah, good friends with those guys. Um, they got some turkey products that are like accessories that will help you with your turkey hunt. I think that's going to be the most relevant thing. The bucket seat. The bucket seat. They have um, I mean, I just they have a little folding here. chair. They've got, be they've got some stuff. Yeah, the, they certainly do. The snack bag is pretty popular. There you go. Keep your, uh, your trail mix in there, whatever you got. I think we did a post a while back about deer snacks and uh we have like a like a blog post and it's just like this long running list but we curated it from a social post to see what people's favorite snacks were <clears throat> so there's a lot of things that that uh that can hold um and if you head over to our youtube channel and if you're subscribed there you can see half rack as our presenting sponsor for our youtube channel as well for our, our uh you know we'll see how it goes show I'm short on breath. I have some sort of weird, terribly dry cough that serves like no point in my life. It just won't go away. Yeah, I can't get rid of it. I've had it since last week. (laughs) So I'm going to try not to cough into the mic a bunch. Um, Anywho, yeah. Spartan Forge, runner-up on the the podcasting uh, partnership front. Make sure to check out their app. If you haven't already, turkey season's here. Shed hunting season's there. You can mark sheds, all sorts of stuff. They just added like a Seek 1. Uh, icon in there, the helicopter drop, because people were accusing Seek One of dropping, like, dropping in giant bugs. Yeah, you know, it like, happens. That's real life, I suppose. Maybe they're just hunting Iowa. That could be it. That could be it. No. Um, so, yeah, definitely take a look at that. You can use our code, of course. Otherwise, it's free if you want to just kind of dip your toe in. You can transfer your pins over from on off, on off, uh, off X, whatever it's called. Yeah, that one. That one. Mm-hmm. The big La- one. Latitude Outdoors, good friends of ours. Their speed sticks are coming soon. You can pre order. Use code OHP. You're gonna save some money over there. Um, they've been hiring like crazy, so expect more from them. They're hooking us up uh, and getting our videographer Jason to a saddle next year because that'll be great. We had some learnings about having a videographer with us for the first time. Putting him on the ground and putting me in a tree isn't a great a great no, choice. A videographer <laughs> works best out of his own set, and and a saddle. A saddle would is, be yeah, perfect for him. Probably even better. You bet. Uh, lots of room there. Method Archery, we're going to go to those guys, um, to their shop on March 19th for a setup. They're going to help me set up the new bear uh, bow that I got sitting behind Greg over there and uh, get some new arrows rolling. So we're going to all take a trip, a little, uh, what do you want to call it, a little field trip down there? A little field trip. We'll help uh, show off how their arrows are made from start to finish, soup to nut, and uh, get ourselves set up with their new their new stuff. So their brand Name change, Method Archery, check them out, and uh, use code OHP over there as well. And Go Wild is a great place to get good, clean content in the outdoor space. I say clean because there's just no drama over there. No, not at all. It's a very... You know, and if people don't like you, they just they don't follow you, or they don't <laughs> comment, or they just leave you alone and move on to the next thing. It's like a social platform where everyone keeps their gloves on. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I don't know how they keep it to be such a clean community, but it is a clean community, and it's very refreshing for that reason. So the more you go over there and post, um, whether it's a trophy, a fish, a shed, um, logging time outdoors, logging time listening to podcasts, whatever it is you're doing on that platform, when you're 
adding activity to it that you're doing, you're going to earn points. Those points are converted into a monetized or monetary uh, discount. So you can save some pretty good change on buying stuff over there because you can also buy stuff over there. So you can use code OHP over there as well. Code OHP. You get code OHP. You get code OHP. We all get code OHP. So that there's seems that. nice. It is nice. I think this is looking good, right? We're not glitching out over here? Not too bad. Do you see a lot of glitching happen? No. I think it looks okay. Looks good. I'm concerned about it, but I think it's fine. Don't look at the screen. You just <laughs> look, look at me. me. Look at me. Just look at me. Don't look down. Look at me. Don't look down. <laughs> Don't look left. Don't oh. look right. You look at me. You put the phone number on the screen. We do have our phone lines open. So if you wanted to get into the queue, you certainly can. Let me get that displayed here. Where is it? I don't even know. I don't even know. Call. There it is. You can call 262-757-4122. It's just Greg and I today. We don't have a guest. And uh, I don't even know the other topic. I put in the title Cocaine Bear and Other Shenanigans because there's this movie that came out recently. I think it's in theaters right now. Could be. I'm not sure if it's like, you know, the level of cheesiness of like snakes on a plane. It sure looks that way. <laughs> But it's it's based on an actual bear that did find cocaine from a drug mule situation. Is um, this where we we've come to now? I mean, we're we're out of ideas, so we just pick the stupidest damn thing we can make a movie about and yeah. try to make it a thing. I yeah, and probably. it'll be like a cult classic, and I do mean cult. And that'll be it. It'll be a flash in the pan and gone. It might be. It it's definitely not gonna be like Reverend, whatever that movie was called where he got attacked the by the bear. Right. That was a good movie. Kinda. It was pretty long and drawn out, but I think that was based on some true events too. But the It was. This bear apparently found a <laughs> like a duffel bag of cocaine from like a drug run. I don't know if it fell out of a plane or what. And then the bear got into it. it fell out of the plane with the snakes. <laughs> and uh and then it ate the cocaine and died. That's what happened in real life. So you feel sad for the bear, right? Our, our drug problem in this country has So, so we had to take and make that into a bigger deal. We had to tweak the story a little bit. Oh, yeah. Now it's like basically the bear uh, is getting revenge. It's almost like it's a revenge story. Instead of the bear dying, it's now you know hopped up on cocaine. It's got a cocaine addiction, and it's killing people or something like that. So I don't know. It's pretty interesting. It's plot line. But PETA thanked the producer because they didn't use a real bear and the movie was all CG. So I found that to be fascinating and weird and interesting. Like, I don't know how that came into this conversation other than I just looked into it a little bit because I just heard about this the other day and I was like, what, what is this? I'll keep hearing about this cocaine bear. What's going on? And we, so guess what Derek did in Iowa also? What did he do? Well, he didn't do cocaine. <laughs> Let me just be very clear. Thank God for that. <laughs> he, he was like uh, trading like access to deer hunting in, in potential reciprocity for bear hunting. Nice. So apparently the, the Iowans, I'm still not saying that correctly probably, are really potentially into bear hunting. So if you can offer a bear hunt, you might get access to some, to some like really nice Nothing Iowans. wrong with that. So I thought that was kind of funny. So That's awesome. And when is bear hunting? Is there a spring bear? No, not, not in our state. It's, it's fall. You want a spring bear tag, you can honestly go hit up some of the western states. Montana, I know for a fact, is... Uh, Really easy to get a, an over-the-counter bear permit as an out-of-stater. Like, they have plenty of bears, and they want people to come and hunt them. So, Interesting. Yeah, that's a pretty pretty easy tag to go get. Is there anybody in our audience? There's a lot of comments coming through. Evan, hey, 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 happy to see the crew back in studio. Robert Diaz, I'm here. 
Facebook user. I'm gonna get a I'm gonna pistol up the next guy that says shenanigans. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, very nice. Hey Farva, what's that place you like to eat? Yeah, we want all the goofy <laughs> shit on the wall. Uh, funny how we don't see a Pierre Michigan Deer Classic, says Robert Diaz. Yeah, there's Iowa, Illinois. I mean, these things are fairly regional. I think the one that we're going to the open season that's uh, Michigan's got their own set of shows. I mean, they've got a bunch of shows, and I'm sure there's one, one or two we could make in Michigan. And PA, I mean, they have that real big one that goes a full week. The Great American Outdoor. The Great American Outdoors, yeah. That one's really long. That's really long, and I don't know if it'd even be worth our time at this point. Well, I don't have that kind of time. No. And it's more than, like, I think That's the vacation off of work to go do yeah, that. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough to do. That's a different league of, of people in the industry. Uh, Alex Romano says, what's up, fellas? What's up? Adam Kaufman, the EcoBoost is not like a load. Trust me, he says. Put it on screen here. Who else we got? Oak Tree Dreams, Drew. Says, uh, what's up, guys? Someone said turkey talk. We are damn ready and pumped. Pumping dirty hens calls out. Yeah, that'd be Drew. It's good to go. And uh, Frida Prowl, who is also Adam Coffins, checking from the freezing the truck, driving back from Montana, eager to listen to the shenanigans. Uh, Denton listened to three of your podcasts today. Wow, thank you. And Brad, wow. Brad Latrell says, heard y'all talking about cocaine bear. Had to see what's up. Of course, Brad. that's what draws Brad in. Well, Brad, Brad likes bears. <laughs> Brad bear, likes bear, bears. <laughs> Brad, Brad likes bears and bear hunting. Brad, he did, should, he did do a bear hunt. Did he do a bear hunt? I'm sure he the, did. The, the Houndsman XP. Was it a bear hunt that you did, Brad, or was it something else? Brad, I don't know. you should call in. Why don't you call into the show? The number's on the screen. Oh, no, it's off. I, I took yeah, it off on accident. Way to go. Where is it? Here it is. All right, it's 262-757-4122. Let's get some callers in the queue. Let's hear what you got going on about heard bears, turkeys, bears and deer. and cocaine. And let's leave the cocaine out of the conversation unless it's about the bear. <clears throat> Which it won't be. No, it's going to be a, a freaking weird episode, but I'm sure that movie's going to have some people watching. Like, because it's based on a true story, because of the title. It's going to be as, gotta ch- I'm gonna as watch ridiculous it when it comes as Tiger out. King. Like, I'm not going to go to the theater to see it, but like if it makes its way onto like Amazon Prime or something, that'll probably rent it. And watch it late night and be like, why did I watch that? Yep. Exactly. We'll talk about it again in six months and be like, oh, they're talking about that shit again? Yeah. Yeah. You did some deer scouting. The other day you checked some trail cams. Why don't you talk about that? Well, I, I pulled a trail cam, which was soaking for all of September, and it quit taking pictures in November. So I got quite a few pictures on it. and uh, of, of deer? Well, yeah. Okay. Not cocaine bears. Not cocaine bears. <laughs> not bears. Not cocaine runners. None of that stuff. <coughs> you all right? Yeah, I'm just <laughs> coughing. I saw you lift a little bit. You coughing short? Nope, no shorting yet. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I went out with the intent of going to pull that camera, did that, and scouted around the area to see what I missed because I did not hunt that area. I just dropped the camera just to see what was going on in there because some things had changed at that part of the property and I wanted to see how the deer were going to use it. So what kind of camera? It was an Exodus Trek camera to be exact. Is that a newer one, older one? No, that's one of their older budget cams. It was like the $100 cam that they had. It takes great pictures. It does decent video, but... but it, it takes it in a different file form, and you gotta take some jacking around to make it work on some platforms. But great, solid camera. 
I've had zero issues with it other than when it needed an, an update on the firmware, when it was acting and doing some weird stuff. Um, call Exodus. It's a shameless plug for them. They uh, they talked me through how to how to do it. It was a basic firmware upgrade that you got right off their website. You loaded an SD card into your SD slot of your uh, laptop. You ripped down the file onto the SD card and loaded it into the camera and followed the protocol that they gave right on the website and good to go. And that's how it's been for all their cameras that I've I've gotten. So it's good to go. Robert says yeah. he was a little disappointed this go around with the same camera you're talking about. So I wonder if it was like a firmware thing or something. I know cameras. If you've not like, updated the firmware within the last couple of years, you need to because more than likely that is you're going to be your issue. Hmm. And if you have any kind of questions, I'm telling you right now, do not hesitate to reach out to them through an email or through. Uh, through social media they're very active on on instagram they're pretty active on facebook some way shape or form someone will talk to you i guarantee it and if they don't you got to be hitting the wrong place yeah he said he updated it but uh yeah reach out to the customer service we're we're good friends with those guys over there they're not like a official sponsor or anything like that but great no. uses a product and i know those folks they have a pretty strong customer service from what i understand David Norwakowski, who we saw at the show, says, just relaxing, listen to you guys, see what kind of shenanigans ensue. Well, we're only on Bourbon 1, so the shenanigans are I think you might have, right you now. might have over-promised and we're going to under-deliver on, on the, the shenanigans. shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We're, I mean, if any people start calling in, it could pick up pretty quick, as long as we don't get any pranksters. But um, with SD cards with cameras... I know there's like different types of SD cards or sizing. There's yeah. Just, these things can be kind of finicky. There, there's some technicality to understanding like basic things. And that's, it's going to be, I'm going to be honest with you, it's going to be manufacturer specific. You know, if you run a bunch of uh, Tascos or if you run a bunch of Exodus or you run a bunch of whatever brand you like, if you don't go through the fine details and really read through to tell you what, what type of SD card you need, and what that camera can handle, mm -hmm. you're really kind of doing yourself a disservice. So not to get too techy, but all those little details matter, especially if you want to leave a camera soaked for any period of time. Like this camera, I know for a fact, was rock solid. It had its firmware <laughs> updated. I put a good set of batteries in it. I, I run lithiums in them because I know they're going to be out there in the cold and alkalines will burst. And then you got a camera that's junk. Or you're in there scrubbing and the, it. And lithiums are, are more expensive. Oh, yeah, they're like, much so, more expensive. Okay, so you got to... I mean, the more cameras you're running, the more money you're putting into yeah, it because you're buying batteries. There's, there's a point where you got to go, I need to draw a line. You know, how many cameras can I manage? How many do, can I afford to run? You know, you need the time to be able to run between them all. I, I have a fair amount of cameras. I maybe ran half of them this year. I didn't run every single one. You have... The fact that, you know, extra SD cards, you got to keep them with. Extra batteries. Every trip out, I always had two sets of batteries with. But putting the right batteries in, the right SD card, making sure all the firmware is updated. Have your keys for your Python locks if you're running Python locks. I mean, having everything with you, it, it's going to save you a whole lot of time and headache. I mean, there's nothing worse. Like, this camera was a long ways out. And if I would have forgot any of those things, I'd have pretty been 
I would have just left it and come back to it another day. <laughs> that was a waste. Yeah, it was a waste. Yeah. But no, I was able to go pull it, and yeah, there were some nice bucks on that camera that no idea they were even in that area because I've hunted that piece of property but never saw any of those. I saw some different ones and had other deer on other cameras you on the other side. got a lot of deer in your general area. I, I mean, do. You seem to pick them up on camera enough, but... Uh, yeah, I can never, never get them close enough to... To kill them, so we're bringing our caller. We got a caller. Oh boy, who do we have? Hey, John, you're live on the OKS Hunter podcast. Thanks for calling in. What do you got going on, bud? Hey, what's up, guys? Always going to talk to you, boys. Hey, sure is. How's it going up in the UPA? Good, good, good. Um, it. it I, I wanted to call in, and I'm going to age myself here but uh, you guys are talking about firmware and and uh, all this stuff with cameras um this is long I'm, um when i started there was no trail cameras there's trail cameras that any of us ever had were little 35 millimeter cameras in box that may or may not have been waterproof and uh there was a there was a manual trigger when the deer or whatever walked in front of it. I took a picture and it was literally a thirty five millimeter film in it, right? And have you guys heard of these things? Oh yeah, my dad has. Yep, and you know, so the worst thing was if you ever if you put the thing in a rock in a bad spot and a branch started blowing or something like that, and you got, you know, a whole roll of film of branch pictures and, you know, shit like that, you know. Um, but it's... It, you guys talk about updating firmware and, you know, just, you know, what I've seen with, uh, with trail cameras and, and how far they've come. And, and honestly, how much they've helped us become better hunters, you know. So it's it's pretty cool stuff, you know. Yeah, I mean, from but uh, from that style of camera, I mean, it's just a different level of uh, being tech savvy. I mean, you had, like you said, you had a couple chances to get that thing set in the right place, and every every picture was costing you something in development of film. But you know, you you learned how to set the camera in the right place where you weren't going to get a ton of pictures of maybe blowing grass or branches because it really, every shot did matter. We're here with an SD card. We can yeah. delete it. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you'd go out, you'd collect, you'd collect the, you, you'd take a front roll of film in your pocket out to where your camera was. You, you know, you'd pull the camera out, put a, put a new roll of film in it. And then you had to go, go to, Developed, and I mean, it might have been a week, week and a half, two weeks, depending on where you lived and where the, the uh, where the, the store that could develop your film. And John, your your cell your your cell service sounds like you're uh, somewhere in a remote location. Meanwhile, people on YouTube are giving you shit about. Uh, you had to develop negatives, and, and you probably had dial-up internet, and they're going to town on you in a nice, fun, poking, like a deer camp kind of way. Uh-huh. Nothing malicious, <laughs> but it's a little yeah. funny to read the comments. Yep. But no, yeah, it's no, a different I, world, I that's for sure. Happen, so. Take care, boys. Thanks. All right, buddy. Always good to hear from you. Yes.
That's one caller. All right. Who else is going to call in? Who else is going to ring our line? Call our phone. The phone lines are hot. No, they're not. They're pretty cold. <laughs> they're ready to be hot. <laughs> yeah, things have, have come. Now you have cell cams. We, have, we talked about this on the con- hunting controversy episode like three, four episodes ago where there's the streaming cams now. Like it's a cell cam, but it, it just can – that's got a you know, battery life. Like what do you do with that? Put a, Right. Uh, that's, that's grounds for solar panel and having a fully charged solar panel when you start. and That's a whole other – topic and ball of wax and i mean we can we can throw the exodus guys under the bus and say hey you want to learn more about what solar panels can do and and how they can extend the life of the power source go check them out they've got a ton of information on their website uh, from their blog to their youtube channel they're they're pretty well loaded for bear Hmm. and not cocaine bear (laughs) you ever see a bear doing cocaine you better run probably not to run too fast it'd probably just die but we do have another caller it's our new buddy David Nowakowski. Am I hope, hope hopefully Dave? I'm saying that right, but uh, we got to spend some time with you down in Iowa at the Deer Classic. How did uh, the ride home go for you, David? You're live. Uh, yeah, uh, ride home was great. Um, stopped at the IO80 uh, truck stop, had a bite to eat, and made it home about yeah nine thirty nine thirty ish. So I had a good drive home. Not bad. How far of a drive was it for you? Um, a little over four hours. That's not too bad. Four hours is and manageable. Like, no, no. Um, and then it was pretty much straight, uh, interstate 80 till I get close home to home. Then it's up 23 and kind of off into the country over here. Is that truck stop the big one that everyone keeps talking about? The, yeah, the, the world's largest truck stop on, uh, there by, um, Oh, what's it called? It's right there in Iowa. I mean, Iowa. It's right on Interstate. You, you can't miss it. <laughs> yeah, interesting. I, I we must have missed it, or if I, if I pass, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't catch it. But uh, we definitely had some conversations about right. the gas station names down there. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> in contrast, to what yeah, we it was, have here. Uh, had a great time. Yeah. Did you come? Um, great, it was a great way to end my uh, one week vacation. So. <laughs> Did you come home with a bunch of unneeded goods? Yeah, um, two of your your uh, OKS Thunder hoodies, um, one of your grunt calls. Uh, Eric, I showed you that uh, gorgeous uh, mug I got there too. Yeah, that was a pretty I special piece. That, on Go Wild. that was like a, a, yeah. a mug made out of horn and antler fused yeah, into the horn, um, and it was like. Art was etched into it wow. like a buck. It was really impressive. Cool. Yeah, it was, it was, I had to get it. <laughs> um, I also got some arrows, Maxima uh, XRD arrows. So I'm going to, Saturday morning, I got, I got a bow shop pretty close. I'm going to uh, bring them in, have them cut down to uh, the size I need, and maybe shoot on the range there for a while. And... Cool. That's a good idea. Get the, get some practice in. Yeah, you get ahead of schedule. Season. That's what we're gonna be doing here soon. I'm I, I've been wanting to shoot my bow uh, in my basement here. So I got a bit of a shooting lane behind the wall in the podcast studio. It's nothing special. It'd be twenty five thirty feet. But oh, wow. I'm waiting for this new bow to get right. set up before I can start letting it rip. And I don't see any need in shooting my existing bow. So right now I'm kind of just in between right. bows. Right. Yeah, I don't have a. I, Oh, I got a pretty good uh, yard out by my apartment, 
So I got a block. I can set it up, and I got a rangefinder out in Indianapolis at their deer turkey and waterfowl show. So I've been using that to uh, set myself at different ranges and practice with my bow. And good, good. yeah, that's good. And you're probably getting ready for fishing, I imagine. But well, that's a different podcast. You'll talk to Greg about that one. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Um, maybe this weekend, and I got some uh, vacation hours still left over. So I'm looking at maybe taking uh, for St. Patrick's weekend off, take that off and go hit the water and see what I can get. Cool. Rock on. Well, thanks for calling in and thanks for stopping by the, the booth in Iowa. It was great to meet you in person and great to chat. And we're always happy to have you following along. Thanks a bunch. Yeah. We appreciate you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Have a great night. You too. You, too. <laughs> you and I are on the same page, Mr. Saying the same stuff at the same time. It's almost like we do this every week. Almost. Oh, boy. There's a question here from Oak Tree Dreams. When you guys turkey hunt, do you prefer to run and gun or sit and walk? And Depends on where I'm hunting. The, the property that I have, it doesn't leave much to uh, uh, run and gun because it's so wide open, so there's only a handful of places. And honestly, I've had success sitting on my butt in one particular area or another and getting birds to come in. Um, when they don't commit, then I got to play the run and gun game and drop down into ditches and belly crawl and throw my shotgun in the water and all the other fun stuff. Um, I have places I can run and gun, but I don't know. This just, it, it's hitting the easy button and it, I don't want to say it's guaranteed, but it's pretty close. Except for when you bring me. That was a different property altogether. Oh, of course it was. Yeah, but I'm the, I'm the asset that doesn't get the right tag, so it's my fault. It happens. I got the leftover stuff. I don't know. I I uh, would be happy to to run a gun. I don't I don't know. I, but it sounds like you can be pretty mobile with these birds. Oh, you can be <clears throat> if you have enough cover. I mean, if you're you're hunting woods, it's much easier to run a gun than it is wide open fields that have nothing on them with no cover. Mm-hmm. Evan's joking, I think. Everybody says, I hunt turkey beds primarily. Very aggressive. Yeah. I can, you got to find out where the bearded, the bearded turkeys are bedding. Once mm-hmm. you get in their bedding area, you got to really make sure that, like, they don't see you coming. And uh, you got to play the thermals in the wind right. Sure. The turkeys will smell you <laughs> from their beds. Oh, sorry. So I'm reading another question. I'm also trying to hold back coughing, so... Tegan asked if we have any merch left after Iowa. We sure do. Uh, we may not have the beer camp hoodies, but we may if we reorder. Those sold out. I think we had two left. That's, uh, that's a pretty big deal. <coughs> yeah, those were really, really, really popular. Uh, we totally missed out on that. Uh, and stocking properly for Iowa. Evan said he, or uh, Oak Tree Dreams, how he's talking. There's like a whole conversation happened here on the on the YouTube thread. There's a lot of people watching on YouTube more than normal. Um, Missy said, my pal, how do you say that word? What is that word? Papiope? Uh, Palmito palette blinds are a great cover for my open areas. Do you know what that is? It's a blind. Good. Mm -hmm. I've seen people use that mirror one. What's that called? Yeah, I I don't know what that is. That's a shadow blind or what that is, but... It's uh, it's interesting. I don't think I would use it for turkeys because if you have it at the wrong angle, it'll reflect sunlight right at them, and they see that shining at them. I don't think they're going to be sticking around for too long. 
Yeah, that would look a little odd, huh? I don't know. I don't hunt from a blind. I, I mean, I tried deer hunting from a turkey blind, hated it. Um, most of the time I'm finding a spot in a, a fence line and kind of digging in, so to speak. So if it's got some grass in front, that's great because it hides my movement a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have cover to the back and around the sides of me, that's even better. Build a little nest out of some of the brush that's in the area and, you know, let don't knock too much <laughs> grass down. I'm usually in pretty good shape. I can get turkeys to walk right within yards of me. And are you a mouth call guy, diaphragm, yeah, pot call, all both. the above? I do. I do both because I'll one will make a different tone than the other, and if I've got two hen decoys, I can mimic two different hens making two different sounds, and it makes sense. At least to my. Can you reach that mind. one there? That pot call. This one right here. You got it. This one? That one. Is this how you use it this side? Oh, he's going to scratch on it. Slow the cadence a little bit. Speed it up a little bit. You're going to have to practice. I can't do that one. Here. I have another one of these from Matt somewhere. Uh, it's in the trade show stuff. <clears throat> yeah. It's a, little, it's a little tricky, huh? And someone cracked a slate on it, too. That's how you get some character out of it. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, Denton Hostetter said, My brother was hunting with a mirror blind, and he had a turkey come up to him and peck the mirror. Probably because it saw its reflection. <laughs> Who's that funny. guy in the mirror? Hey, hey, you get out of here. Well, so that shows that they're pretty effective. If it's yep, pecking the freaking blind, it's coming right up to you. What do you do? Just grab by its neck and ring it out right there? Well, if you want to. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We were talking about trail cams a little bit. We were talking about some of that stuff. There's another topic I did want to kind of touch on here. Oh, I did a... Yeah, I went off to switch gears into that. I'll, I'll, keep it, I'll keep it functionally appropriate as far as conversation. I don't know. The gear one's interesting. You're talking about trail cams. I'm running zero. I put a post out recently about the the guy from the Matrix eating the steak, and he's just like, ah, ignorance is bliss. And uh, I don't know. I just don't. I don't it it I don't depends. I mean, for you, like, I, I don't have an every year you don't have an opinion. It's yeah, just, it's not that you don't have an opinion. It's and you also got to be into it, right? Like, you got to like messing around with that stuff. I was into it when I had the one cell cam. Yeah, but you also had a property that you knew exactly when and where you were going to be hunting, and you don't have that property every time. So it's kind of difficult where you're looking at going, eh, you have one spot, we know where, Mm -hmm. and every time you go there, it seems to be getting worse and and more traffic in there and, and less opportunity. So... Why would you waste running cams when you know 10 other guys are running cams back there and people are messing with the cams? Well, that's the other thing. Like the people messing with cams is like a pretty big problem on public land. And I know you can set them high and you can bring us. And I do that. I, you know, I'm, I'm, you see how I, how I operate and how I set up my cameras. They're up high. I run Python locks. I run. And you don't have run a big issue with theft, but I'm sure no. it still happens. You're thwarting off a number of people by doing some of those things. I just, right. it's a lot of money to stick into a tree out in the in the woods. It can be, and even if you're doing like cheapos, you're you're gonna 
buy a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. I think Derek just said he bought a bunch of Tascos for 20 bucks. Right. 20 bucks and, a piece. If someone rips it off, you don't feel so bad. And it takes right. just a good enough picture to know the deer's there. You're not entering photo contests with it. And at the end of the day, you got to assess what exactly you want to do with it. Do you like getting awesome video footage or awesome stills? Then you're going to spend more money. You have to. Um, do you just want to take inventory? Do you want to just find deer in general? If it takes a good enough picture to know, yep, it's that buck or a buck, fine. Yeah, yeah. trying to just figure out where they're moving in daylight or, or whatever mm-hmm. or to like kind of get this, people call, get inventory of what's in the area. Right. <coughs> I think using it for hunting pressure is a pretty good idea too, honestly. Like if you just put it on a trailhead, yep. you know that you're not going to see any deer, but you're going to get a good tally of who's on that property when. And you can kind of pattern people to some degree too. Right. You might know that property's getting pounded if it's getting all these people coming off the trailhead to, to go hunting. You'll know if they're hunting or not, if they're going to have a bow with them or something. I think that's good intel to get. That's the other piece of the puzzle or the other side of the of the coin, if you will. Right. Yeah. I mean, I didn't set it. I didn't set any up this year to keep an eye on, on traffic, but I, I don't know. I kind of used some of my knowledge of where I know I've seen people hang cameras in the past, and if they're there, I know people are in there. And I also kind of keep an eye and monitor those trails. If the trail's getting beat down, you know, the brush or the grass going into that area where that camera is is really getting hammered. It's getting laid down. Mm-hmm. I know that guy's in there often, like too often, checking that camera. He's not leaving it alone. So the deer know if I know. They know before I do. And they're adjusting. And you can see that also by the way the deer trail's just divert and move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Evan just kind of said he can't, they can't leave cameras overnight on public in Minnesota. No, Minnesota, they're not allowed to run cameras on public overnight. Well, then that's crazy. You're essentially, you don't have a trail cam strategy in Minnesota. No, no not on public. How do they police that? I'm, Evan, I know, has found cameras out in the middle of public. I'm sure. When did that, when did that go into effect? Has it always been that way there? I don't know enough about it. There's a lot. There seems not a lot, but there seems to be states that are putting up regulation or putting up putting in regulation around trail cams, cell cams, the not allowed to use them and things like that. Yeah, certain states out west are definitely not using cell cams, and they might even be banning regular trail cams in some some cases. It's weird. I don't get it. I don't get the banning of it. I I don't know. I think you I, would I get it is. if you would see some of the you know like let's just say for instance. Uh, a popular elk destination where there's a lot of guiding going on. Okay. And there's a water source. Well, water sources in, in the mountain estates are like gold, especially in the summer months. It's going to draw all the, all the animals there. Well, if 10 guides are guiding that unit and they want to take inventory to be able to put customers on quality bulls or bucks or whatever, they're all setting them up on water holes. Well, you come to a water hole, and there's cameras all around it. I mean, what good is that doing? I mean, if I'm a guide trying to do that, mm-hmm. am I going to take that, use that for inventory? Possibly, but I'm also going to wonder how many other guys are doing it by counting up the cameras and, and just seeing how many people show up on that, that trail camera that I set. But then, too, they're... They're screwing each other over by smashing others' cameras and just really beating the heck out of that area. So just kind of taking them out of the equation, so to speak, is 
Yeah, go out and hunt kind of instead of just hunting a picture. And you know as well as I do, pictures don't. They tell you a deer or an animal's there, but it doesn't kill them for you. So what Unless else? you're that good with your cameras. Well, yeah, and I don't know. I think there's guys that run you know, uh, hundred cameras mm-hmm. and several properties. I think it's like when I ran one cell cam, the dopamine that I got off of that thing. I mean that that notification from that that cell cam became not that I was like ready to go out and hunt it at any given point in time, but just seeing what was out there was just generally exciting to see. So it was cocaine bear good. It's cocaine bear good. Man, uh, no, I just enjoyed the, I did enjoy it, and I, and I liked it, but I, I wasn't certainly hunting, like, the picture, so to speak, but I knew who was hunting the property where, so I kind of had my slice of the property. It was a conservancy property. It was only supposed to have limited access, although I think that got thrown out the window because people saw it on, like, OnX or wherever and Spartan Forge and so forth and just thought it was public Yeah, because it was listed that way. Um, but, yeah, seeing that stuff was... Exciting, but last year I didn't run anything, and because uh, I didn't have that type of access, and I didn't know where I was going to be hunting for anything. Yeah, I mean, you had last-minute access, essentially. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and hunt it, and it paid off. And if I'm not seeing anything, then I'm less excited to hunt an area, and, and where I killed my, my you know buck that I got, I had no intel. I didn't even see any buck sign, really, there, so I would just throw in a sit because Well, we did. I, I mean, I noticed it when I walked in. There was buck sign all over the place in there. Hmm. There's buck sign once you got into some of that stuff, but like, well, even up by the road though, there was there were yeah. trees that were all tore up, so you knew one had been passing through there. Yeah, but it would have been like if I didn't get a picture, I'd be like, well, I'm not going to hunt this area, you know. So if you're not getting intel, can't always it, base it on that. Yeah, you can't. Right, you can't hunt the picture because it's a, a lagging effect, and if you're not getting anything, you may not hunt it. But you, but the buck might just be walking behind the camera fall, you know. You know, it's just well and clear cut case. Going back to what I did on Sunday, went and pulled that camera and didn't know if what I would have on there because the batteries were dead and I wasn't going to be able to, I didn't mm-hmm. bring a viewer with me to pop my, my card out and put it in the phone and look. But I thought, you know, I had scouted this last year and there wasn't a whole lot of sign. I'll bet it changed this year. So I took three steps past where that camera was hanging and sure enough, there was a rub right on a tree that was four inches around. Took another, I don't know, 60 yards away, and there was a tree out in the middle of nothing, and it was all shredded up. Hmm. And then took a, another walk into another little patch of willows, and every other tree was tore up. And then circled around and found some scrapes, and then made it through the watery stuff and found another bedding area that was dry back then. It's full of water now, but you could tell a buck was probably bedding in it, because of the amount of overhead cover mm-hmm. and the in- entrance and exit trails that were all over in and out of there was like Is a this hub. the YouTube video you put together that we'll be, yep. be posting yep. soon? Okay. But you could see inside there, there must have been six or seven rubs that were all this high, you know, right next to each other. And then like it was kind of open in the middle where the buck could bed and turn around and watch things coming and going with the change of wind. So he always had cover overhead and he always had some sort of cover that he could have somewhat at his mm-hmm. back. And he could hear and see everything, more so hear everything or scent everything that was going around him in that in that area. Because there was crops to the north, crops to the south, and crops directly upwind. So animals were going across and through that area. It, it makes sense. But there's there's even better cover further to the east, further downwind. So 
that would be his escape route to go in thicker and deeper if he had to. Sure. I um along this sentiment of no trail cams and I'm I'm not knocking trail cams again. I'm just making it very clear that that's not what I'm doing. I'm just I'm just not running any because it takes I'll, effort. It takes money, time, effort, whatever. I don't, I don't have a lot of all of those things. So it just it, it is what it is. And I actually really thoroughly enjoyed not running any because of the element of surprise. Mm-hmm. That like when we say, you know, the shooter buck is in the eye of the beholder. Well, when any when you're not when you have no intel about an area, any buck could be a shooter buck. Right. Because that level of of excitement is there. Now with trail cams, it could be the same too, because you could have, you know, the buck coming in that you had seen. So you're like, that's the one. And that maybe that's really exciting. So it is what it is. But this <coughs> excuse me, this element of surprise is interesting. Why well, I'd put a post out on social this morning and asked some random question about like what would the hunting industry be like what would hunting be like if there were no antlers what would that feel like today if that were a thing and it's obviously a dumb question because it's like saying what what would you do if you won the powerball yeah right first of all that's actually possible deer not having antlers is not possible there's no world where they're not gonna have antlers so it's a stupid question in the sense that it's not a real thing and it won't be a real thing but to think about that you know I think it would remove a lot of ego and it would like you put out cell cams or trail cams and if all you're seeing is just deer, you're like, well, that's a big body deer. I want to get that deer. That's a lot of meat. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't look at the antlers or maybe you target a doe because you're like, well, it doesn't damn, damn matter, but that one tastes better. And I want the good ones for my freezer. Like the bears don't have, you know, antlers. You're looking for big ones. You can't identify sure the they gender. They're called beer. <laughs> you can't. Like, unless you're using hounds, you're not identifying the gender of that bear. Or if it doesn't have cubs with it, maybe you can make some assumptions. But big bear are uh, <coughs> dying here. Big bear are great to get. But there's, there's just, it's an interesting question because I wonder where this industry would be. And I'm using the word industry intentionally when I talk about it this way because if there weren't people and companies rallying around big antlers and taxidermy and and sheds and all this stuff, like it would be like pheasant or bear or raccoon or squirrel or rabbit. And that's where you look you at just it. Do it to what, enjoy what it. it. In in those species, what's what's a big deal? Is it a longer tail feather? Is it a limit? Bigger ears on a rabbit? Big, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Ooh, look at the ears on that one. Yeah. Look at the cotton tail on that bad boy. Look at the balls on that buck. Right. But it wouldn't be squirrel. a buck. It would just be a male deer. They don't know what to tell you. I find it a, to be a very interesting question. Like, there would not really be... The trail cams would just be like, well, I'm just catching pictures of wildlife and nature. And that's kind of it. Might be really cool to see a bird swoop down and catch a mouse or something or see a bobcat fight with a coyote or whatever the hell's going on out in the woods. You'd see deer and you'd be like, meh, that's not as exciting. Or maybe everyone just go moose hunt or something. I don't know. Or elk hunt. But the, what if they don't have antlers? Right, if we just got rid of antlers altogether. If we got rid of antlers, like it's even not even a thing. But that goes, that kind of ties into the trail cam thing. If you're not running any, you're you're kind of like, it's almost like you're sprucing your hunting life back up again. You know, maybe like we talked about, leave the phone in the truck. Don't bring the, the, the you know, don't use the trail cams and see right. what that does for your, I don't know, your senses, I guess. It forces you to check in. So I like going to the Boundary Waters. There's no cell service. I actually enjoyed that about the Disney cruise. There's no cell service. It forces you to be present. If you're not thinking there's a big buck coming, you're not going to be as disappointed because, well, there could be. You just don't know it. Right. Or if it was just a damn doe, or they're all does, so to speak. Right. You're just thinking meat. 
that's kind of where I was at <laughs> this year. <laughs> You've got a lot of meat. Yeah, I did. I shot five of them, and that's it. it I, I had a, a full bag. <laughs> <laughs> Not a full bag of cocaine. Not a full bag of cocaine. Uh, you'll see on the three in a second, but um, Doug, Doug just said, just got done watching Cocaine Bear. I'm never going into the forest of Columbia. Well, so it's, it's scary, huh? <laughs> I'd be more afraid of finding the cocaine and getting killed by the drug cartel than I would be maybe a bear. That's a thing. See, it's like that movie, uh, No no, uh, no Country for Old Men. Yes. Where they find drugs, he gets it, and the next thing you know, it's like just death everywhere. Yeah, life, life goes straight to hell. <coughs> that was a pretty wild flick. That was a really weird flick. Uh-huh. But the... It just has not been done that way before, so it was a really weird. I think it won a lot of awards for like the acting. I think Woody yes. Harrelson was in that, wasn't he? So Woody Harrelson, I think no. he had a part. Didn't he have a part in that? Yeah, he might have. I don't. Re- I don't recall. It's I been years. It one. It's been. It's an older movie. That was back on DVD. Yep. When those were a thing, we got another caller. Hey, Adam, you're live on the OK Center podcast. Thanks for calling. What's up? How's it going, gentlemen? How you doing? Thanks for calling and keep us on track here. We're just we're just lofting <laughs> in the wind on topics. Uh, I'm, I'm doing good. I was just uh, I was just listening uh, on the old YouTube driving here, but you know the whole talk about like big big antlers not running trail cameras, not having antlers. You know, like it's an interesting topic because I actually got into an argument with one of my really good friends who uh, about public land versus private land and how much work like private land owners put in for deer hunting versus how much work public land mm-hmm. hunters put in, right? Like so many do so many people run cameras and food plots and habitat restoration on, on private. And then it's like their work is all done ahead of time. And like a public land hunter does their work kind of at the rear end, right? It's hanging hunts. It's, it's hiking miles and miles, getting in, getting into tough spots. And it was, it was kind of relatable to your guys's, uh, conversation about uh um you know how would this thing change you know and i think hunting going to hunt some more public land when i did that uh years back it really kind of changed my mind and and really just enjoyed it more um you just i didn't know what was there and like eric said it's like whatever comes up and whatever i want to pick my bull up on i did you know um, versus some of this uh, rhetoric that we know drives the hunting industry. So just wanted your guys' opinion on that. So No, I agree. I mean, it, like you said, it's a, it's a pleasant surprise. Oh, there's a deer, and if it happens to have antlers, great. Is it one I want to shoot? In the moment it might be. Maybe you'll look at it a couple times and go, no, I don't want to shoot that one. I feel that there's bigger ones out here. But to your point, it is nice to almost not know what's there. I mean, a couple of the deer that I've killed in the past, I never ran cameras in some of those spots, and it was. It was a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a 130-inch eight-pointer. Oh, it stopped right there, and I killed it. Great. You know, and then the last nine-pointer I got, never knew that deer was in there. Talked to a couple guys that ran cameras in there. One guy sent me a picture of it. He knew it was in there. It wasn't a deer he wanted to shoot. But that deer came walking in, and I got it, and it was great. As that was a tough year. Adam, what was your question again specifically? Uh, just I, I was more of a comment, I guess. Um, just uh, like how 
just the yeah the big buck rhetoric um you know that we know that you guys are trying to promote you know more of a positive deal and it, how it relates to public land hunters and private land hunters and the mentality that especially running trail cameras is like my one buddy gets so fired up when it when it hits the rut because he has all these big big bucks on camera and then all of a sudden it's like oh man this guy shot this deer oh we were trying to let that go or oh this guy you know i my dad was chasing this deer and 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 the neighbor with 10 acres shot it it's like we're all chasing wild animals right right Uh, whether you're on public or private or whatever and and that's what i like obviously like about you guys is promoting you know that just uh it's that positive thing about hunting in general but it was it was along your lines no that's good i I was what 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 would happen yeah, I was asking because I was trying to, I had a thought, I had a thought queued up and I was like, shit, what was I going to say? So I needed you to repeat it so I could remember what I was going <laughs> to say. And um, Doug Duran talked about this on our show. He talked about the gentrification of like a certain area where out of state people are out of like county people were buying land, making it private. So there's no more access for public, um, yada, yada, yada. But one of the things he talked about too is like he wasn't taking up a problem necessary with like the shirt that BHA BHA has that says public land owner. But there's, there's something to be said about people that are accessing public land versus people that are doing stuff on private land. Like you talked about the amount of work that goes into it front end versus back end. If it's your land, Think about like going to a party versus hosting a party. When you go to someone else's oh, there's party, so much more work that like, goes into hosting. That it. fell on the floor. I don't care. I piss on the toilet seat. Whoops. I, I, I'm not saying I've done these things. I'm just saying in general, the demeanor is different. Like, you I might have. Not my house, not my problem, not my stuff. I don't got to worry about it. Versus if it's yours, like there is no litter on your property. It's yours. You're proud of it. You're taking care of it. You're picking up stuff. You're, you're treating it very differently. So like public land owner, sure, it, it is imbuing some sense of pride. But there's public lands that are trashed because they're being accessed and not cared for as if they're your own. So like, there's definitely something there. Also, that's a, that maybe not to your point, um, but there, yeah, there's there's nuances to all this stuff. It's like crossbow versus trad bow versus compound bow versus rifle versus, versus shotgun versus iron sights versus not versus private versus public versus like blind no blind. There's so many ways to stack against ego to make it harder. And I would just say like, what are we supposed to do? Go back to spear hunting. Because let's bring ethics into the conversation. The guy oh, shooting trust a crossbow me, there's, there's is going to be that do spear hunt, and they they really catch it on the chin for doing do. it. But it's but like if I'm going to shoot a crossbow, the the, the ethics of it are going to be far more in my favor. That animal is going to probably get you know killed a lot more ethically than if that same guy that never gets to shoot ever doesn't have the time to practice with a compound, but he's doing it because he wants that badge of honor rather than just going out and like you know, lobbing an arrow out of a crossbow at the fastest speed you possibly can after rifling his shoulder and pulling the trigger, it's dead. It's good to go. In contrast to, like, should that same person use a trad bow? Probably not. Are you more badass if you can do it? Maybe. But then you also have to put the time and dedication into it, too. So there's just scales here to all this stuff. It all kind of evens out. But as long as we're all outside enjoying nature and having a good time, like, that should be, that's the reward. And the bonus is the meat. I don't well, know. We, we all got to We all can't. We got to do it together. I mean, that's the whole deal about yeah. it, right? And right. I don't know. I mean, the whole thing about just getting back to enjoying it, right? I mean, yeah, it's nice to kill mature deer, and if that's your goal, go for it. Um, Not to knock that, that either, because right? that's your goal. Pe- people knock that too. Yeah, people yeah, are like, oh, you, you got a big one. Lucky you. Must be nice to have private land. Must be nice to chill out 
that's not like you don't know what that person did to like to no. earn the income yeah. to get that land to put in the work they did to put like that's a whole different ball game. Being a private landowner is very it's costly. Costly in your time, costly in your money financially. There's more to it than than that. So if they're killing a 180 inch deer or 150 inch deer every year off that, you got to darn well believe that they stuck a lot of time and money and effort into it. Mm-hmm. No matter how big the acreage is in it, they had to pay for it. Yeah, and they got to pay the taxes on it. Yep, yep. No, good, good, good comment, Adam. Uh, where are you driving? You driving back from Montana? Yeah, Montana, going up to Lake Superior right now to chase uh, the chase chase fish. I'm hunting for fish. Hunting for fishes. Get some trail cams in those waters, man. Figure out where those fish are bedding. Yeah, figure out where the booner booner trout are at. The yeah. lunker, the lunker. <laughs> All right, Jen, I I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, keep keep up the good work. Thanks for calling in, Adam. Have a good one, bud. Hey, yeah, have a good night, bye. Um, I'm gonna put trail cams out for for some bunnies. I want to see where the bunny brush you gotta put them low. are. You got to put them like ankle Real high. Low. People are like, why is that trail cam? Or you could put them high the and aim them down. Tree? Yeah, you could. Let's do some bunny trail cams. I don't. I I've got a lot of rabbit footage. Good. Let's go kill some rabbits. <laughs> I want to make rabbits too. I want to try it out. I've never had it. You know, when I was a kid, I had a pet bunny, and his name was Domino, and he looked like a wild rabbit. That was his coloration. Mm-hmm. My dad and I built a, a cage for him, and he had like a little ramp that went down so he could go in and out. And inside the big cage was a little cage with hay so he could be warm. But he could freely come in and out of that thing. He had a little harness. He was a little chain to the peg in the ground. Oh. And he was a free-range little bunny in our yard. And I had him for a while. And a dog, a stray dog came by and snapped his neck and killed him. Ate Domino like pizza. I was really sad about it. It was. I, I would call my dad and be like, how's Domino? How's Domino? Like, I was really obsessed with my pet bunny, you know? And so as a kid, I couldn't possibly imagine ever hunting, killing, eating a bunny. So to this day, they still have a bit of a soft spot in my heart. But I've heard really good things about how good yeah. rabbit tastes and how well it cooks and how easy they are to to skin and all that stuff. As a kid, I ate a lot of rabbit, and it was like eating chicken. It was always thrown in some sort of barbecue sauce or in with chicken noodle soup. It went in and never knew the difference. It was good. It was how many bunnies animal. do you got? I'm saying bunnies because I don't know why, but how many? Three a day. No, no. How many do you need to cook oh. a good meal? Like they're... It's like I mean, chicken. honestly, like a, chicken, a, limit, right? like you, a, li- a limit of rabbits, yeah, it's, when you break it down, it's about like having a, a couple pound chicken. Would you ever do a rotisserie rabbit? There's no skin on it. You know, you're, when uh, rabbits are built to be clean and eaten by humans, I mean, they're so easy, the skin tears off. It's not like a, it's not like a chicken where you pluck the chicken and keep the skin on to hold all the juices in. Hmm. With a rabbit, that's more of a, you know, braise and roast type of deal. Braise and roast. Mm-hmm. What is braise? What is braising exactly? It's kind of like a boiling almost, frying with a little bit of liquid. So like roasting it, you're putting it in some sort of shallow pan, putting yeah. some liquids in there, maybe some soup, some cream mushroom or whatever, yeah, putting it in the there's, oven. There's a bunch of different ways. Put in there three really for an hour. You want to dive dive down the rabbit hole of rabbits? Yeah, I do. Go uh, go check out that Hank Shaw cookbook. I think it's Duck Duck Moose. Duck, duck, moose, or buck, buck, moose, or whatever yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. I don't have it, but there's uh, there's some good recipes in that one. Um, we should. We, we I know we talked about doing a rabbit hunt, and rabbit season's about. I, I think it's it might be closed by now. I'm not positive. 
I did a rabbit hunt and it didn't go well. We didn't see a single rabbit. The snow was too deep or something was going yeah. on. Um, we couldn't get them to come out of the brush piles. They were there. You could see the tracks going in and stuff. We rattled on everything, jumping on shit, moving stuff around. Nothing nothing happened, which is fine. I probably would have been a pretty terrible shot. Bunnies are pretty quick. And every time we do clay shoots, I can never shoot the rabbit clays. They're fun. <coughs> They're just skipping across the ground and I totally shit the bed on it. Uh, Cody Jenkins asked how the Iowa show was. Talked about that in the beginning a little bit, but it was good. It was fun. It was good to see people. Iowa is the land of giants. The whole damn state is a food plot. I think someone said it. It may have been Derek that said that. Yeah, it's a lot, so, of, a lot of green. Yeah, I met some cool people. It was it was good to talk to folks and see everybody. And a uh, lot of, lot of, lot of work. A lot of sleep deprivation. A lot of standing. My back is still sore. I'm 37 officially. My birthday was on Friday. Yep. So yep. waking up at 2 on my birthday to drive from 2.30 in the morning to whenever the hell we got there. I think we got there around like 10-ish. I want to say. You guys had a stop or two in there. Yeah. Yeah, we stopped a couple times. Tyler brought his dogs. The dogs were there, so we had to stop and let them out, take a take a leak. We stopped, take a, took a leak, got some Gotta gas keep, station food and all yep, that. Sustenance and caffeine. I ate like crap, man, the whole time. I That's I, easy to do. Convenience eating is not, not good for the body. No, I had a good lunch today, and I feel a little bit better. It was a long time of eating trash food. So I feel much better. Backwoods Grind Coffee was there. Yeah. It was good to see those guys in, in person. Um, they were one of our first ever partners on the podcast long, long ago. And they were selling their coffee. and Well, they were selling bags of it. And then they were giving out samples. So they kept us pretty caffeinated, which was nice. That's cool. <coughs> Saw Steph Lane. She was there. Mm-hmm. Saw Jessica Ann. She was there. Uh, Evan Masters was there. Randall Eric was there. I'm trying to think of who else uh, stopped by. Um, Vince was there with uh, Antler Feather Co. Um, yeah, just a number of people. Hey, I see you guys on TikTok. See you guys on Instagram. See you guys on YouTube. One guy came up to us, Christian, with um, X Media Outdoors YouTube channel. Came by and talked to us for a while. Said, good to see you. Um, he's a pretty cool dude. He had some really cool hunting stories to share with us. Like, Neat. Really cool hunting stories to share with us, actually. It's pretty that's, wild. That's what it's all about, is sharing stories and camaraderie and, and just seeing people putting faces to names and hearing their voice and actually meeting them in person. It's, it's always a nice thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I'm, I'm drawing blanks. Like we did encounter, like we had at least over a hundred orders. Um, so just the sh- that's at least a hundred people we talked to. Wow. So I'm probably forgetting somebody in all of that because we talked to so many people over the and I don't I didn't talk to everybody that you know Tyler talked to or that Derek talked to and vice versa so we all talked to different people or some of the same but it was uh, we met some young some young fellows there too that were just getting into it that young young up and it was cool to to talk to them and you know Derek being an art teacher in high school he was really he was, he had a really easy time talking to the high school dudes that were coming by the booth and stuff and he had his big buck there with him the one seventy that he got in Illinois was yep. he just got it back. That was nerve-wracking traveling with that. I was afraid he was going to break his new buck on our Well, yeah, I, I came out, and he had it pitched in my front yard, <laughs> like right on the sidewalk of my my front yard. I'm like, uh, I don't think I would have thrown it there, but. He yeah. he was like, well, it's not like I, I know a guy that can do antler repair. Yeah, he's, so uh, that. He he's, could, quite, he's quite good at that. He wasn't overly concerned, but I'm like, yeah, well, I hope you'd rather not do that. Um, and Derek... He got a lot of compliments on the artwork. He, for my birthday, said he'll draw my buck on the turkey feather that the buck blood trail went over. Very cool. That was kind of cool. I don't know when or when he'll have time to do that, but I think that'd be a neat thing to have on display in like a vertical frame or something like that. Yeah, it'll look nice. Special. 
that's a pretty neat thing. Yeah, so he he does commission artwork. If anyone's interested to give that guy more to do with his life, he's not that he needs it. No, he's, he's super busy. He's busy. But, Wife, yeah. kids, doing artwork. Art teacher trying to hunt is he's a hunting maniac. <coughs> yeah. So what else is on the agenda for you then? You're getting ready for Florida fishing. What, yeah, what man. about turkey? Then uh, you're gonna switch gears and get into turkey mode or what? Yeah, I'll get out and shoot my gun probably right after I get back from Florida. Um, otherwise, I'm trying to get out and do a little more scouting. Um, Matt and I are going to try and get out and do some uh, trout fishing here. Hopefully this weekend. We'll see how that goes. One on the Great Lake? Yeah, we were, we were talking about it, but with the east wind, we just, we just had a big east blow. And it carries warm water in, but it also carries real muddy water in. It just it makes everything real cloudy, and the fishing's kind of tougher that way. So I don't think we're going to fish there. We might hit one of the tributaries or something, or we might totally do something different. The, the rivers out by me are extremely swollen with all the rain that we got. And, I mean, they're flooded up into the farm fields. So mm-hmm. walleye fishing could be tough, or it could be good. You know, it's one of those things where you... If you know where you can get on a a bite, maybe where there's some flooded timber, walleyes will go in there because the water will be warmer. Um, I don't know. We'll see what we do. Maybe we don't. We won't do anything. Maybe we'll just be podcasting and talking to people this weekend instead. Okay. Sounds Find good. out. Calder just commented, uh, said that he first of all, great listen. Thanks. He got his first shotgun. He went with a twenty gauge. Nice. So that's exciting. Yep. Buying firearms is always an exciting thing. You get pretty attached to them. The rifle that I got, my Remington 730-06, I bought that used back when Gander Outdoors was a Gander Mountain before they got acquired by the Prophet. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a pretty big moment for me. That was a lot of money as a young man to spend, yeah. even on a used rifle. And I thought my dad had given me a shotgun to use, and it's all at his house. It's a 20-gauge or 12-gauge pump action. It's huge. Very tall gun, unnaturally tall. And when I bought my rifle, I was like, oh, yeah, this is mine. And I can shoot far, and it was pretty damn exciting. Just even like the the bolt on that thing is so pretty with that that it's like, all jeweled. Yeah, I love yeah. it, man. So I got pretty attached to it, and I still have it. And you know, hopefully one day I can give it to one of my three kids or all of them. I don't know. They can share it or something. So at some point I'll be excited to buy another one. Right. But he said hoping to pass it to my daughter someday. Yeah, that'd be great. And uh, David Norakowski said that's a super trophy as long as it's legal by your state and site regs, it's a shooter. Yeah, 100%. It's good stuff. Well, I think that was a good episode. I don't know. Felt pretty low key, felt pretty chill. It was we pretty low key. Some... There wasn't a whole lot of shenanigans, so we disappointed <coughs> on the shenanigans side. I but... just assumed with a title like that, we'd have shenanigans. Yeah, that's why. You got to keep it bland, and then there will be shenanigans. I was just trying to get back into my groove down here because we had missed a week, which we don't. I don't. We don't. We don't miss, but more than like three to four weeks a, a year. Yeah. And usually it's because of holidays. This trade show really knocked me on my ass. There was so much to do. So to, to prep for it, we got the Dells. So yeah, actually, so yeah, I guess some housekeeping items and some announcements. So I was done. Thank you for everyone that came by and saw us, and that was great. Uh, the Wisconsin Dells are next. It's going to be at the Kalahari where Booth. 1604, I think. Um, you know, if you're not subscribed to our email list, you can go to our website and you can subscribe. There's a way to do that on the bottom of the site, or there'll be a pop up. You can do it there. Yeah, uh, we send a lot of uh, one email a week usually. Podcast recap, general uh, you know updates, what's going on with us. 
So the, the show information will be on the email blast if you want to subscribe there. But um, we got a 10 by 20 booth. I think we're going to have our gun sleeves, which are, if you're watching on camera, you can see them a little bit on, on screen here by Greg behind him there. We got uh, buffalo plaid, gun sleeve, gun sock, whatever you want to call it. So you know if you wanted to have kind of case your, your, your weapon, your rifle, your shotgun, it has moisture wicking properties, and it's pretty elastic. So you, you can even fit a nice... Uh, you know, with a big scope on there, you can still fit your, your rifle in there. So we'll have, we didn't have them in Iowa because they don't, they're not done in time. Uh, I think we're gonna have them for the Dells. I'm supposed to get my buck back from the taxidermist also. So um, excited to get that back. So hopefully I'll be bringing that. Derek won't be there. Greg won't be there. It'll be me, Tyler, and Matt Strime, who runs up the OKS Fisher podcast with Greg and also is the guy that uh, hand spun our grunt tubes. So it'll be three of us there. Come by, say hi, cheers. If you're in the Wisconsin area, if you're looking for a reason to go to the Dells, it'd be a lot of fun things to do there, but we'll be there, so it'd be kind of cool. Beyond that, uh, stay tuned to our YouTube page. Uh, we got two more episodes dropping later this week. We got a continuation of Derek's hunt. Uh, we aired his recovery, but there's more to the story there, so you can dive deeper on that one. And then uh, there'll be more of my weird shit going around town leading up to the to when I finally killed mine. So... Yeah, hopefully everyone's been enjoying the season one. We'll see how it goes. There's more to come, obviously. And Greg's got scouting videos he's going to put out. We're going to see those pretty soon. Derek's been doing them. So we've been putting a good effort on the YouTube side. Check it out. We got, I don't know. I feel like I'm probably missing some stuff, but there's definitely a lot going on. It feels like a lot. What about past <laughs> the Dells? I mean, are we looking at Foam Fest again? Yeah, so I won't, I won't touch Foam Fest until after the Dells. That's how we did it last year. Sure. I need to get the stuff behind me okay. um, to, to be able to focus on the next thing. But after the Dells, after the end of... So it's the last weekend of March. It's the 24th to the 26th for the Dells. Once we're done with that and I kind of like level set, we'll um, switch gears and start getting the Foam Fest planning. So we're lining up some sponsors for that event. Uh, it likely will be a uh, Saturday and then sleep over into Sunday. Is how I want to do it. So you can camp on site is uh, what I'm planning for here. There'll be kid activities. We're going to try to get the DNR involved with some youth stuff. So getting kids to shoot bows, do shed hunting again, shoot the course, have some games, uh, even for little kids like sensory bins like we did last year and all that jazz, coloring books. If it's raining or whatever, they can go inside. Um, we're going to be giving away two bear archery bows. We have two uh, RTHs ready to hunt bows. We have one pink for uh, any female bow hunters or 3D target hunters. And we got one of the Fred Bear camo. So we'll be giving away two bows again this year and a bunch of other stuff too. So we're working yeah. through that a little bit now. Um, we did it at Horkin, Horkin Marsh Bowman, and I suspect we'll do it there again. So, um, you yeah. Better, you better get on that right away. We're members there now, and, and so, like, we... I don't foresee it being any particular issue, but we're planning it ahead of time. Last time we pulled it off inside of a month, and that was very stressful Just because by our the skin of our teeth. Yeah, this year we're going to start planning with those folks in March for good. an August end of it'll be the last week in of, okay. of August if we can. What about Deerfest? Did you happen to see that it's moved to Oshkosh now? Did it, did it just move, or is it an addition to? No, it moved, and it's in July. Interesting. I don't have interest in doing that one. I don't think it, you know, timing-wise, it's just tough. 
you know, every time we try to do something, I got to fight against like, not fight against, that sounds bad, but I have to sacrifice time with my family. Sure. So we're doing enough stuff as it is. <laughs> and, and working a full-time job makes it kind of tricky. So I'd love to do more. I think, you know, what I'd rather do is try to find something to do in Michigan next year. Yep. And, and see if we can get that as, because it's close-ish. Like as long as we can stay in the Midwest here in Wisconsin, I think we'll be good. Like we're not going to go out to Pennsylvania anytime soon. It's pretty tricky for us as a as a up and coming brand and startup. So I don't know what we'll do for us. There's the Mobile Hunters Expo. We're considering that. That's July, I believe. Where's uh, that? This, Michigan. That's in Michigan. So yep. we, I would like to get into Michigan at some point. That might be a fun way to do it. But we don't have a lot to offer the mobile hunting space necessarily, other than we would just be a brand that people maybe know there. <coughs> but we're we're all mobile hunters, so I think we have somewhat of a place to to be there um and some of our partners are going to be there latitude will be there and a couple others probably so sure that's all i can think of for now all right that's all i can think what about you are you anything else nope fisher boy Mm -mm. go check out the okay's fisher podcast you want to hear greg some more thanks (laughs) he's like fuck you eric i swore there goes the explicit warning there it is (laughs) all right well thanks for tuning in we'll uh play some music here and you guys have a good night a good day good whatever 